I have tapes and they are hot, all quite ting ting, it's the start of the pod. My team's good and yours is not quite down ting ting, it's the start of Hello! Coming to you in a pre-recorded fashion from the League Podcast Studio in Columbus, Ohio, I'm Diesel and this is Don't Fear the Keeper. Joining me today, all the way from a house with more light bulbs than I know how to count to, I guess light fixtures than I know how to count to. The man himself, the stinky one, Zach is with me. Zach, welcome to the pod. Hi there, John. It's great to be here. I'm just kidding. I'm not actually talking like that. Okay, thank fucking God. I don't think we could. <laughs> I think that's one of those things that like is like real fun for like probably five minutes, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, he's doing the thing," and then yeah, we get five minutes in, people like, "All right, maybe." Yeah, yeah, it was maybe tough. Maybe like, it back. Two and a half hour bootleg pod. <laughs> it was pretty rough. Yeah, but you sacrificed your body for a bootleg pod. That's the important thing here. I did, and I'm willing to do it again if Charlie and you. <laughs> I feel like this is a half bootleg pod. It kind of is. This one is, I mean, I just think that no one really enjoyed the newsletters whatsoever. I didn't really enjoy yeah, putting stopped. them together. So I feel like this is a much better situation if one of us is missing. There could be a time where Charlie could host it and bring somebody else on. I don't really care, but uh, I think that this works a lot better. Plus, we get more people involved in the pod. We get more buy-in, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's really all the world. Yeah, I was definitely, I was definitely not a fan. I mean, newsletters were fine, but it definitely sucked. I forget how long it was, but that stretch of like six or eight weeks when it was literally every other week we didn't yeah. have a pod. That that was like unfortunate. So it's really, yeah, I'm happy to help in any way, dedicate some of my time back to the league. You know, at this point, I think I don't know if we have like a silver, gold, platinum membership, mm-hmm, right? But um, with the time I put in on the war stuff and now the pod, uh. I think Microsoft is like oh, well into this league for like over a thousand dollars. So they should be like gold members of, of this league. Cause they're paying a lot of money for me to do all this bullshit at, during work hours. You know what? I think that they have officially earned, uh, this is a note to Charlie next year's uh, draft, like the spreadsheet. We're going to have to put a Microsoft logo in there. We're going to yeah, have to get rid yeah, of I think it's the least we could do the, the Ford Bronco or the Mustang, whatever the fuck was in there this time. Um, and yeah, replace it with Mike. I'm sure Bill would appreciate that. I know he would. Yeah, yeah. Bill he, and he whoever. mentioned that he would. <laughs> Satya is the CEO. Satya so I was going to say, yeah, I don't know any of the other. I don't know the real head of Microsoft. <laughs> uh, okay, well, yeah. So for those of you who haven't put it together based on that conversation, Zach is going to be guest hosting this week because Charlie is too fucking good for us. Um, And really what we're doing here is we're introducing a new type of pod where um, I'm going to bring on guest hosts, uh, be it, you know, Zach or really anybody else, whoever wants to, in this case, actually, what did you text me about this? You texted me like last Thursday. I texted you as I was listening to the pod and Charlie said he wouldn't be here last week. I was like driving and I was at a stoplight and I just texted you, uh, because you said, I think you said in that pod, you're like, I need a guest host if anyone wants to, or like come on another segment like Brian. And I was like, I'll just do the whole thing. Yep. And and so Zach won this this initial round of who gets to guest host the pod. 
Um, but yeah, I think we could have a little rotation in of different people just to keep, again, everybody involved. Um, but yeah, obviously, first and foremost, thank you, Zach, for uh, taking time uh, out of your, uh, let's be honest, not very busy day. <laughs> <laughs> Today was actually super busy, though. But uh, yeah, I did. I told John before we started, there's someone who's expecting to hear back from me on something that I'm looking into. I just closed Teams, just logged out. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> Well, they'll get back. You know, they're they're in the office right now, like waiting for my response. And I was like, ah, you might just want to go home. It's going to be like two hours. <laughs> I don't think we're going to take this one two hours, but it could be it could be an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess there's a lot of notes in here that we have provided. Yeah, there's so. a lot of notes. Yeah. Well, you know, without further ado, there, uh, let's just dive right in. Uh, All right. As any good pod begins with, we're going to do a little bit of a recap just to go through the scores. Uh, Alex tops Colin, 172 to 116. Gary over Chuck, 137 to 115. Ben over Mike, coming in at a whopping 500 record, uh, 119 to 104. Brian losing to Zach, 145 to 112. And I take down Paul at quite literally, not even the 11th hour, the like 11th hour and 59th minute, 123 yeah. to 120. Uh, there were some... There were some nail biters this week between my game. Chuck's game was technically close, but like it was like tied and Gary just needed Devonte Adams to like show up and did. Mm-hmm. And then Ben yeah. needing uh, 11 points from Aaron Rodgers and us all being genuinely concerned that he wasn't going to get it. Uh, there were, there were some good games. Uh, there were a couple clunkers, but there were some good games. Yeah, I mean, obviously, your game was another great example of the Detroit Garbage Lions, um, Fucking love who, it. who I think are going to be like that team all year, because um, they have the offense, um, or at least some of it, um, but they just they just can't stop anyone, um, and you know they have talented players, um, and well, I guess I guess what the really the big thing is is they have a decent offense, but they only have like three offensive players, so it's always going to be DeAndre Swift and Hawkinson. Uh, yeah. so like, there's always going to be like those garbage time points cause they're, they're going to lose. Uh, and then yeah, Ben with, uh, Aaron Rodgers. like, I don't think anyone really thought he wasn't going to score, uh, like over 11 against the, the, the lions, but after last points week, last week, yeah. yeah, after last week, we just, I guess we just, we just weren't sure if last week was, uh, like an anomaly or if it was actually like him mailing it in. Cause if this was like his mailing season, then you have no idea what could happen. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there could have been – he could have gone negative in this game if he was yeah. dialing it in. But he uh, he put up the en- number of points. Uh, w- one thing that I did want to briefly bring up, and that, like just sort of looking into the larger league, kind of a very weird scoring week. Uh, low scoring, but no one actually mm-hmm. finished under 100. But we had, yeah. like, seven of the ten teams were between 130 and 100, which is really weird for us. Yeah, that was that was interesting. And then um, I guess the other thing was the number of like uh, monster scores. It was this is like only the second or third week I can remember where we have like two players over forty. Yeah. Um, and I think we had a couple um, like really high thirties also, uh, or excuse me, really high twenties. And you know, Lamar Jackson had thirty two. Um, Cooper Cup had thirty six. Um, yeah, we had some monster scores. Like definitely like. As an ag or as a whole, the league was pretty low scoring, but there were just some monster performances. And, um, you know, the 
the three highest scoring teams were only because they had people go up for more than 35, yeah. which is me, me, Alex and Gary. Um, you know, you take that away and Alex scored about 150. I scored about 120 and Gary scored about 120. If you put their you know players down on more reasonable, like 15 or 20. Yeah, if you have, that is kind of, it's got to yeah. feel nice for all of you guys though, that if you have all of your big guys scores, you still win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Um, I think one thing to look out for, oh, go ahead. Well, I, Truck is going to try to twist this that he only lost his um, Derrick Henry went off for 45 points. The yeah. reality is if you take 25 points away from Derrick Henry, get, or, no, 20 points away from Derrick Henry, which is a lot, You yeah. tr- Gary still wins that game. Yeah, really. and Gary still wins that game with his defense scoring negative one point. And Charlie's kicker scoring 13 points. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. And Gary, obviously, Jarvis Landry left after the second play and yeah. had 1.9 points. So, it's now in the eye. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Chuck will try to spin this. I'm glad he's not here to spin it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I was really impressed with, with Gary's team, actually. Given that, given all of that, he's still, like, he has a solid team. And Alex's team, uh, I think, like, Aaron Judge is not going to score 41 every week. But he's going to be really good this year. Like I, I contemplated keeping him. I, I, I just thought I got a better value with Calvin. But like Aaron Jones might might be RB one this year just because the only thing that stopped him last year from being dominant was um, Jamal Williams. Yeah. Because uh, now his only backup is a guy who can't catch, so he's doing all the catching. Yeah. Uh, and most of the running. So Aaron Jones is like Alex had a shitty first first game, but he is. I think he's going to be a tough, tough team to beat this year as his players are starting to come, come alive. I mean, he made some good picks. Um, he, he did not choose the right flex this week and he still put up 172, yeah. which has got to make you feel good uh, heading into uh, the next week uh, at one and one. And you know what, Zach, speaking of uh, records. Uh, so <laughs> I left myself a note in the Google doc to check like how teams have done after starting either two and zero or zero and two because we have two people at two and zero Zach and I which by the way hey great job buddy yeah nice great job to you great job to me winners pod um and then two teams dropped to zero and two in Brian Collin uh so I was curious how the two and zero teams did like what's their record in terms of making the playoffs and then how did the zero and two teams do. And uh, I left that note to myself. Zach has typed up what appears to be three paragraphs worth of data. <laughs> so, Zach, I'll just let you take it away. Why don't you walk us through exactly what we have here? Yeah, so basically what I did is I went through each season uh, in, in the Skagera, uh, which, if you don't remember, <laughs> is from 2018 until now, um, and just found out who all the 2-0 and 0-2 teams were, whether they made or missed the playoffs. Um, so to kind of aggregate it uh, in total we've had so there's you know uh, essentially 30 occurrences of we have three seasons 10 teams so of those um, we've had teams start 2-0 and 10 times 0-2 10 times and 1-1 10 times I don't know that might just be the way it works out I, I didn't really do the math no, that's on weird it. as like, shit that's weird as shit I'm pretty sure. like is it like if there's two 2-0 and teams does there have to be two 0-2 teams I'm not really sure no, um, I don't think so. Uh, well, I think there has to be. It may need to be balanced. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think you're right that it needs to be balanced, but I don't think. But not necessarily does. that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it needs to be balanced, but 
not necessarily that it's like ten, 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 ten. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so in the history of the league, there's been ten times when a team has started two and zero, ten times when a team has started one and one, ten times when a team has started zero and two, which makes it for for some really easy data. So overall, two and zero teams are nine out of ten in terms of making the playoffs. Um, the only team not to do it was me in 2019. <laughs> um, actually, I have started. I know I, I was the one who started one and zero every year in the Skagera. I've also started two and zero every year in the Skagera. Oh um, shit. And so had Alex, but I beat him week one to stop his um, streak. Um, Piece of shit. But, um, yeah. yeah. So I'm the only one to start 2-0 and not make a playoffs. Mike did start 3-0 and in 2017 in the famed yes. playing fantasy on easy mode here. But that was prior <laughs> to the Spagara. That's when Will was still in the league. Yes. Um, so I'm technically the only one to do it. Um, uh, as far as the teams who started... 2-0. Of the, the 18 total playoff teams we've had, six a year, um, 50% of the time, that the playoff team started 2-0. Um, Which is wild. So, yeah. So, pretty much a hot start to the season is, like, you would think would be pretty necessary until you see this next stat. So, all-time, uh, teams who start 0-2 are 6-10 for 10 in making the playoffs. That's kind of... Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which leaves teams who start one and one as only three for ten in history making the playoffs. <laughs> so if you start two and zero, oh, you have a ninety percent chance. Uh, one and one, you have a thirty percent chance, and zero oh and two, you have a sixty percent chance to make the playoffs. <laughs> Which I mean, when we've talked about this ad nauseum, so I'm not going to rehash it, but that holds up with what we've always discussed in terms of losing early can actually be a benefit because you can get those guys on waivers that yeah. you need to bump you up. Mm-hmm, um, exactly. And I mean, this is pretty empirical proof of that, actually. Which is yeah, yeah. So, so overall, the, the teams who have gone zero and two and made the playoffs are last year was Paul and Charlie. Uh, the year before was Colin and John, and the year before that it was Colin and Charlie. Um, and John has also gone zero and two and missed the playoffs. And then yeah. Ben and Mike have gone 0-2 and missed the playoffs. And those are the only teams that have ever gone 0-2. Um, so Ben and Mike are the only ones who have never been able in history to capitalize on going 0-2. Ben has gone 0-2 the last two seasons I'm now seeing. <laughs> yes, Ben has gone 0-2 the last two seasons. Although this year he's 1-1. He's 1-1. <laughs> so keep that in mind for the two 0-2 teams. Who who are the two 0-2 teams right now? Colin and Brian. Colin and Brian. So... Colin does have a history of going 0-2 and missing the playoffs, or making the playoffs. He's done it twice, yeah. 20, 20, last year and 2018. Last year he won the league. So Colin's I, not to be trifled with, even though even when he's down. It may it may legitimately be a, a tactic on his part, though I don't think he would be quiet about it. I think he would be intentionally, like, after going 0-2, he would be saying, like, no, I did this intentionally. I don't think he would play close to the best. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Well, thank you for that, Zach. That was actually, uh, that was much more interesting than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be just a straightforward, like one team had missed after going two and O, which was the case. And like one had made it after going O and two, which is very much not the case. No. Kind of sweet. You know, any given Sunday guys, any single given Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. It also one final thing on this, uh, it's going to be interesting how that how the added week now affects 
because technically a win is diluted just a little bit. Yeah. The win helps you just a little bit less. So the goalpost is probably still going to be 500. It's going to be seven and seven this mm-hmm. year instead of seven and six or six and seven. But I mean, now you got to go, you got to go like five and seven now, the two of us, and you got to go seven and five for Colin O'Brien, which really isn't yeah. that hard. Yeah. I mean, that, that is true. But also the one thing I noticed this year is the waiver wire has been pretty rough. Like there are no good running backs in the waiver wire. There are a couple of receivers um, that people picked up this week and last week, but there is no, there are no running backs left in the league. No. Yeah. Basically. This is, it, we snatch all like, the there's no James draft. Robinson's. There's no, you know, Mostert's or anything like we would have last year. Cause we haven't really had big injuries that didn't turn into, uh, the committees like Baltimore had a big injury, but it just turned into a committee, you know? And uh, San Francisco also kind of just, they were a committee to start off with. And we we all hope that one of them would break out and it's just a committee. It turns out. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, thank you for that, Zach. Moving now into our first real segment. Though I guess that was kind of a segment, but you know, this is the first one that was given a name. Uh, so we are going to do our first segment, uh, that is very Zach centric, obviously that, uh, I decided to call Vorchinet's son. Um, and we went back and forth about that name about three times Mm -hmm. before we finally landed on this. Uh, and I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I think it's a good name. Yeah, it combines. We were between calling it Enter the War Zone and having Ride of the Valkyrie play. Yes. Or what was your first suggestion, John? Was Mine was uh, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds, which was a bad name, but um, <laughs> Fortunate Son playing was cool. So then John said, all right, what if it's Fortunate Son? I was like, that's that's a fair compromise. Which I think is, I think it's the best possible. Obviously, we did not just hear the opening fucking chords of Fortunate Son playing, so I can't appreciate how much better this was, but I, yeah. I'm sure. It's I been, imagine it's badass. <laughs> in post, this is going to be great. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think I really need to explain it, but uh, Zach, you published a uh, y- your findings. Well, you published your process and then published your findings on mm-hmm. the war for the league this uh, this year, th- thus far this year, and like historically as well. So uh, we were just going to sort of walk through, uh, you know, sort of that process and then some of the more interesting findings that we uh, got out of that. Yeah, so this is obviously a segment four. I know there's been a lot of war content lately. Um, this is uh, <laughs> this is obviously a second for the people who can't be fucking asked to read my paper. Um, Brian! <laughs> so we'll just talk about kind of like what the process was. And I thought it was like fairly interesting. Um, basically, I just, I don't even know why the fuck I started it. Um, somebody asked me. I think Colin asked, if I remember correctly. Oh, if we could have like a rankings. like a, And I said, you mean like war? Yeah. And they were like, yeah. And so I just like, yeah, I just started doing it one day and I was like pretty just like bored at work and not doing a lot of actual coding. So I was like, I'll whip this up. And I found this thing that uh, lets you like parse through the ESPN API, um, yada, yada, yada. And um, so essentially what I did, the, the, the idea was take, so what, are, what is a regular player? A regular player is a player on a roster. There's, you know, there's 10 quarterbacks on a roster, like not including bench. There's 10 quarterbacks on a roster, 20 running backs, 20 wide receivers, you know, 
it's it's however many out of one team times ten. Um, so a replacement level player would be um, the next ten or the next twenty, right? Yeah. Um, because essentially, what does it take to replace a whole league? It was weird because I tried to find like what is how the fuck war is actually calculated in baseball, and it's just like bullshit. Like they just like make stuff. It's like they just like add like weird like scaling fact. Like it's this number, you know, times the number of runs scored divided by 0. 0.5. Yeah. And it's just like a replacement player isn't like a real value. It's just like they just arbitrarily assign like this is what a bad player is. So I was like, I kind of wanted to be less arbitrary. So I said, okay, a replacement, like if a replacement player scores 10 um, and your team and their team scores 100, um, then and the average team, like in the NFL scores 120, Oh, let me, let me back up. So, yeah, if the average team in the NFL. <laughs> so, essentially, a replacement player should be, uh, or excuse me, war should be the difference between uh, your like your team winning and your team not winning if there was full replacement players. Yeah. So, if your team full replacement players scores hundred points, and the team full replacement players plus you scores one hundred twenty points, um, then you've contributed twenty points. Um, and if the average score of it of like a norwich football league game is 110 then you've taken them from losing with 100 points to winning with 120 right, right. um so that's, that's how i calculated that's one war yeah so that's kind of how I, I guess that would be two because it'd be 100 it'd be 10 um oh okay yeah yeah um so that's how one war is calculated so my first thought was okay let's take the the highest scoring players on the waiver wire for each week and take the average of those and um, that would be like a a, a, a a what am I missing a replacement level player. So I did right. that, and the aggregate team replacement level team was better than the average team in the NFL. Um, like if you took the top <laughs> the top ten players that scored on the bench each week and averaged their scores, not even took the top score, average scores, um, they would score like 128 points a game, and our average score in the league was like 123. So yeah. that was not. That was not the option because essentially, like you know, that includes players like players who are projected to score like two points, but then somebody gets hurt and they come in and score thirty. You know, so yeah, like yeah, stuff yeah. you can't Zach prepare for. Fourteen because he yeah. had two goal line carries. Yeah, yeah, stuff you can't prepare for. So I was like, okay, let me. And this is what's the super convoluted section of the paper for anyone who did read it. It was like, all right, I need to figure out like if a player scores at least five points, he was probably in the um in the game plan so let's say let's find the number of players not 10 but how many players scored at least five points for that week we'll calculate that for each position and then we'll do the math on that and that worked like essentially so it would take like the top like 45 running backs instead of you know 10 or whatever it was for you know yeah. that week um that was still i didn't like that it was super confusing so um <laughs> I don't know if any of this is tracking. Also, this is just like me rambling. I, no, I'm following it. It's I read okay. the thing. I actually did yeah. read it, so it, it makes sense. Um, I'm, I'm interested to hear your process. Yeah, so like that, I just didn't like it, but it was like the best way to do it. But because, it, it, but it was like also, you know, it had nothing to do with how you actually would replace a player because you wouldn't replace a player and say, oh, uh, this guy, like you, you can't go back and be like, oh, this guy is gonna be a guy that scores five points. What you do to yeah. pick up a replacement players, you look at the projection, right? And you say, okay, yeah. if he's like a top 10 projected player, I'll pick him up. So that was the ideal situation. I couldn't figure it out. And then like earlier this week, I spent like a ton of time like researching how ESPN's like API was set up. Um, and like, I was like literally 
parsing through like web requests and shit and like trying to figure out how this data is sent because they had like no documentation. And so it was right. like, it was like very like kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. I felt pretty cool. You were um, hacking the mainframe. You I were- was hacking the straight up mainframe. <laughs> and so I figured out how it worked and how I could get the projections for each week for the past players. Um, and, and so then that's what I did. I took, you take the player. So each week, um, how it's calculated um, is each week I take the top 10 uh, projected players like by position mm-hmm. and then you take their final score. So, you know, they could be all projected for 20 and score zero and the average score for that week would be zero, um, right. even though they're all projected for 20. Uh, so I take that and you do it for each position and you create a team and that team's average score, you take, you take that score, um, you calculate that for each of the weeks of the year um, and then you'll get the average for the season. You do it for each season in the Skagera and then you have the all-time average like replacement level team score then you take the average score all time calculated in the uh or excuse me scored by nfl teams so for us it's like 123 um and the average replacement is like 65 so you subtract those now the points needed to get one war is 60 so if a player scores more than 60 points more than um the replacement level players that we've already calculated then he will get one war right so it's a factor of how good your player is uh, and like how good the other players in the league are essentially. Um, so for example, we can go through like some of the data, like the highest scoring players last year were Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. who scored like 396 and 393. I had them both on my team, right. NBD. Um, pretty good quarterback played by me. Really? Um, couldn't play the right one at the right time, but um, we, don't, we, can, we won't get into that. But so their wars were, were 2.8 and 2.4. Um, yeah. Because the rest of the quarterbacks were like 380, 360, 350, 340. Yeah. Um, but Alvin, actually, this is not the most recent. Um, hold on. This is not the most recent war rankings. But it is, it is very interesting that you are sort of empirically proving something that we all kind of inherently knew, which is like, don't prioritize a quarterback because. Mm-hmm the next like the fifth best guy is still good whereas the if you get down to the fifth best running back all of a sudden you're dropped like you're losing seven points a week yeah now exactly we're putting it into different terms that are actually like calculated and not just me saying like ah, eh, it sounds right yeah actually i guess that is the most recent war i think i did change it um and that's what's in the white paper zach yeah i can't remember i'd have to recalculate it but it's close enough um so like yeah so for example like lamar jackson was the 10th quarterback he only had like one like 1.04 like essentially the thing being like um you could pick up a quarterback on the waiver wire pretty much every week and it would be pretty close except for like the top top guys who were scoring like 25 30 points a game now when you get into running backs you see a, a way bigger difference like Kamara had a 6.2 war, which is the highest in the league. Um, the next guy, Dalvin Cook, had five. Um, and 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 then it, it drops. Derrick Henry had five. And David Montgomery had 2.9. So, like, wide receivers, like, scale. Oh, go ahead. No, I I just, I cannot believe that David Montgomery is number four in this fucking list. Yeah, so it was a factor of not only points per game, because ESPN calculates points per game. And, for example, like, Devontae Adams was wide receiver one because he scored... 25 points a game, but he only played 12 games. Uh, right. And they, 
when ESPN averages it and tells you the points per game, they don't count the games he didn't play. So you can play one game, score 100 points, and your points per game would be 100. Like, for the, even why though you was, played one game the whole season. Why was Christian McCaffrey not absurd? He played in, I think it was three games last year, and I think he scored 30 points in all three of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. That's a good question. Um, Maybe he was too – he had played too oh, few. You know, I mean – like twelve is an, uh, actually like part of a season. Actually, actually, I think um, actually I think so. They they do the ranking based on the total points scored, but then they will also right. show you the points for games. So if you go to Chris McCaffrey, his ranking will be low because he only scored ninety points, but yeah. his points per game will still show up as like thirty or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so that makes more sense. The last season, it, it, so uh, like for example, like the difference between quarterback one and ten. Quarterback one was Josh Allen two point eight. Quarterback ten was Lamar Allen one point or Lamar Jackson one point oh. For um, wide or for running back, one was six point two, and ten was one point six. So yeah. it's a difference of five versus a difference of one and a half for quarterbacks. Um, and and wide receivers was very similar. Um, Devontae Adams was actually the wide receiver one because he scored so many points in the twelve games he played. He had a WAR of five. And Thielen was ten with two. Uh, yeah. Now the big one is the tight end. Um, this is ridiculous. Kelsey, Kelsey had a war. Like this, this kind of shows how valuable Kelsey is, and I guess it does justify. I know Brian took him what first pick of the second round this year. I uh, know Paul took him second pick. Paul did. Um, yes, yeah. second pick of the second round. Um, this kind of shows that how valuable he is. So he had a war of five point three. Darren Waller was two with four point three, and the next was Logan Thomas with one. That's insane. Yeah, and number ten was Eric Ebron point four. So the drop off between one and ten was five five wins. Um, yeah, essentially, you know, like hundreds of points, um, or at least a hundred points. And and yeah, that's pretty much all the interesting stuff. Like kickers, again, it shows like you know, there's like barely a difference. Like there's a point nine total difference from one to ten. Defenses was actually pretty significant. The Rams, um, yeah, the, the Rams defense wins. Yeah, two wins, and then the Browns, which. This is more of a streaming thing. Like you just picked up brands that week, and their rest of the season was bad, but they had a negative point three, um, yeah, for the season. But that was just somebody picked them up for that week. Um, but like after, yeah, after the like top defenses, um, you're looking at really low numbers, like point nine, um, which puts you at like ninetieth in the league in terms of like scoring difference. But like defenses, like if your defense scores five points a game more than another defense, like that's double essentially. Um, so it's like still an important factor. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, um, most of it, I guess. I know it was just me again, talking for a lot about the war, but, um, I thought it was interesting and I think like, it'll be cool to like see, um, like when I, when I can get, um, a war for like starting lineups, because right now I have it for the full teams. Um, I think it'll be cool to see like how war actually translates to wins for like an actual team. As yeah. opposed to like theoretical stuff, um, because yeah, the average score in the NFL is 123, but um, if you have the right schedule, you know you can score 120 points a game and win like almost every game. Like if you play the right teams, you know, or you score 150 points a game and lose it. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it translates to actual like results. Um, this is an interesting way, and yeah, like 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 what you were saying, the biggest takeaways are, I, I think it showed me how valuable running backs are. Um, yep. Like, the top running backs are so, 
so powerful with Kamara, Cook, Henry. Um, after you get past like running back 20, the war drops from being like six with Kamara to being like 0. 0.5. Um, yeah. And, and they're like basically useless. Negative essentially after that. Yeah. Like the average replacement player running back score for the history of the league was like six and a half points per game. Um, like actual like fantasy points. So like if you're going to pick up a, a like a top 10 projected running backs, you're going to expect to get six and a half points out of that guy essentially. Yeah. Which, um, is, well, I which mean, is not good. It's it's exactly what you expect, though, because like, who is yeah. the top running back on the waiver wire right now? Uh, it's like the backup for the Eagles or something. Gainwell. Oh, it's James Conner. James Conner last week was scored, he the number one? Yeah. Yeah, James Conner scored two point six points last week. Yeah. Like, and he's like in a real committee. He's like, yeah, sharing carries with uh, uh, Drake or whatever. Right? No, not Drake. No, yeah, it's um, uh, Edwards. Yes. Chase Edwards or Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, no, that's yeah. He is he also it's not even like you can be like, oh, well, he had a big week one and like a bad week two. He scored five point three points week one. Yeah. So, so like and that, that's like best case scenario is like having a the backup running back in a committee and he still can't do anything. Like running backs are so top heavy in this league. There's really like fifteen of them that actually do anything. Yeah. Um, and the rest you're just kind of hoping you're slotting in the right guy in the right week, like Oh, this week they're playing this team. They'll probably pass a lot, so I'll put this guy in, you know, something like that. Oh, yeah, you're banking on an injury. That's just like, yeah, okay, that's it, yeah. let me sit on Madison and hope that Dalvin Cook just dies. Yeah, exactly. But I actually, I, I was really happy about your, when you published the results from thus far this season, uh, James White was very high. And it honestly convinced me, like, oh, fuck yeah, I nailed it picking up James White. <laughs> he was like... I, it wasn't like really high, but he was top fifty, which was just like oh, what? okay. I was gonna say, me. there's no way he was your top player. No, no, it's McCaffrey, but uh, yeah, just the fact that I picked him up on the waiver wire and he was like actually listed yeah. was um, he's thirty three, yeah. Uh, okay, well, yeah, Zach, that, that's honestly very interesting. And this way, Brian can just listen to this information instead of having to use his eyeballs to read. And believe me, Zach, I know what it's like to write something and have Brian just not read it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, so this is, uh, obviously, I think this is going to be only more interesting as this year progresses because, like you said, it's kind of difficult now to to use these statistics to, like, pick guys up. Like, the, mm-hmm. people use it in baseball to, like, decide who they're going to, like, pay and who they're going to, like, trade for and shit. Yeah. It's not what we're going to be using this for because it's, we already know most of this information, but it is interesting to, like, have empirical proof of the things that we have long suspected about how yeah. to like correctly run a fantasy football team. Yeah. I mean, I think we're doing it the right way. You know, we all really value running backs first, then wide receivers, and then the top two tight ends. Like, they're definitely, like, the top two tight ends are definitely the most valuable players, like mm-hmm. Kelsey and Waller. Um, but, like, Kamara is almost just as valuable, or, like, someone like that. If, if a running back has, like, season like Kamara had last year, they're yeah. almost as valuable compared to other running backs as Kelsey is compared to tight ends. Um, Which is also, I mean, I think it's an interesting thing because I was looking through past drafts this year to try to figure out when a tight end might get to me. We have never, a tight end has gone off the board in the second round pretty much every year, which I didn't really think. I thought that it had been creeping up. That's not the case. They have been up towards the top the whole time. I think I took Kelsey in the second round, like 2017, like my first or second draft. Um, yeah, 
And and after that, like I kept him the next year. Um, and then he's just been drafted in the second round every year. Yeah. Which I mean is the completely correct. Even if you take away the whole tight end value thing, mm-hmm. like he's putting up enough points that it's just the correct move to take him. Yeah. Back. I mean, he was like wide receiver, like four last year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. So Zach, great stuff. Uh, obviously yeah. we, we will continue to discuss this as the year goes on, but yeah, I'll probably release them weekly. I couldn't release them after the first week because I finished writing the code on Friday after the Thursday night games have been played. And since it scans the whole league, it was comparing everyone to Daniel Jones, who had already played. So he was like a god. Like the average <laughs> war in the league was like negative two because Daniel Jones had double the points of everyone else. So it just was not possible to run it after the first week. So I had to wait. But I'm it'll probably you, come out weekly. I want to see those stats. I want to see the stats where Daniel Jones is a fucking god killer. Yeah. Yeah, and since he wasn't on a team, it was all comparing against him. So, like, everyone's, like, war- like Kyler Murray was leading the league with, like, a negative 0.9 war. Um, so, I was like, yeah. That is fucking fantastic. Um, I- also, that he managed to get that type of performance in what was a pretty demoralizing loss for the act- yeah. for his actual team. He's quarterback four right now. He is. Just about sitting on the waiver. And no one is going to pick him up. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, now uh, let's move on to our second segment here. Um, and this is a segment that I have decided to call One and One. So to, to explain it, you can't see, you listening at home, you can't, Zach can read it, you guys can't. So it's one, like the number one and one, like W-O-N, like the past tense <laughs> of win. So it's pretty, it's, it's pretty good. I, uh, I gotta say. Um, so the basis of this is obviously like we discussed, uh, we have some two and O teams, some O and two teams, but we have the entire like heart of the league is one and one. And obviously, like we've discussed, uh, some portion of the playoff teams, at l- two of the playoff teams, at least, will be coming from that pool. There's really no other way to explain it. Uh, so, uh, we kind of wanted to go through and sort of describe, like, okay, who's uh, who do we think is going to break out of that pack, that Peloton, and, like, you mm-hmm. know, make themselves known as, like, an upper echelon team. Mm-hmm. So... Just to update everybody, uh, the one-on-one teams are Gary, Alex, Paul, Charlie, Mike, and Ben. Um, there is a huge gap in points scored. Uh, Gary's number one out of that group with 275. Ben is the last one at 213. So Garrison has scored uh, approximately 62 points more than Ben has. Uh, obviously putting – and I mean, I think the easy answer here is obviously Garrison – I know you were discussing Alex before. I do just think like... Just kidding! Just kidding! Just kidding! Fuck this segment! You thought we were going to do this stupid-ass fucking segment from John? It's the dumbest segment ever! The dumbest fucking name ever! I didn't even realize how stupid of a fucking name it was until he said it out loud and I was like, wow, that is fucking stupid! Of course this is The Wire! Zaxxon, we have to do The Wire! Alright, let's start it off! The Wire has already happened this week, so we're going to be talking about the teams who have already picked up players and which moves I liked. So my love this week... Mike, I love Mike's pickup of Sterling Shepard. He's wide receiver number nine, and Mike's team needs all the help he can get. 
Giants are playing the awful Falcons this week, and it's going to be a great matchup. Galladay fucking sucks. Sterling Shepard's wide receiver one on the team. Look for him to be the hero of the season. My other love is Ben. Ben made his shrewd move this week. He dropped the number two ranked defense, the Patriots, who are scoring 11 and a half points a game. And he picked up the number one ranked defense, the Panthers, who are scoring an incredible 12 and a half points a game. Great move, Ben. When your team is as historically successful as Ben, you don't need to make the flashy moves like picking up a fucking decent running back or wide receiver. You're already so close to perfection. It's a game of inches, and Ben knows how to make every last inch count. My hate for this week, Colin. I know he's holding out hope for the studs like Herbert and Justin Fields, but I don't think either of those players are at much value at the moment. Herbert, I wouldn't drop, but I would get rid of Fields. Sure, he's going to start, but the Bears have already said Dalton will be starting when he comes back. Herbert's only averaging 14.1 a game, and I would like to see Colin at 0-2 pick up a hot-handed quarterback, such as fourth-ranked Daniel Jones going up against the 32nd pass defense in the league, Atlanta. Daniel Jones is averaging 24.4, 25.4 a game. If Herbert doesn't show something this week against the Chiefs and their 23rd-ranked defense, it might be time to say, I'm not perverted, I'm an Italian from New York, and I'm going to pick up Danny Dimes. And my last hate of the week, all running backs currently available. We've touched on this, but the league has essentially gobbled up all running back talents, and only the shittiest of the shitty are left to be playing. Start grabbing your handcuffs now, boys, because if your running back goes down and you don't have his replacement, you are fucked! Oh. <laughs> I felt good. Honestly, I'm not realizing it's got to be so much better for you now that you're doing this in a house instead of in your apartment in Cincinnati. Yeah, you'd think that, but I have like single pane windows and like neighbors can definitely hear me. Like if anyone walked by, they definitely heard me screaming. <laughs> like what the fuck is going on with that guy? Holy shit, I can't believe I've been doing this segment since I lived in Cincinnati also. I totally forgot about that. I, I was thinking about like three years. I was thinking about when I would have to go when I lived with Zach and uh, my other roommate, Eric, and I would have to go in my car in the garage <laughs> because I was in the basement and they could hear me when they were in the kitchen and I was super embarrassed. <laughs> Which yeah. I mean, why would you be embarrassed about what is I can honestly say the most fan appreciated segment on this podcast? Yeah, I mean, well, just imagine, like, Charlie gets so much shit, and he gets embarrassed. He's like, oh, I gotta go record my podcast, and he's upstairs talking for an hour and a half. I say, I gotta go record my podcast. I go down to the basement, scream for 45 <laughs> seconds, and then I come back up like nothing happened. You're breathing heavily. <laughs> no. So, yeah, it was just, like, it is, it was just, like, uh, startling for people who lived with me, I think. I mean, I just, it looks like, all I'm saying is we've had a lot of segments on this show, but an impeachment has only happened because I refuse to put, or I sarcastically <laughs> refuse to put one of them on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, that was the inciting incident. <laughs> well, it, it might not have been the inciting incident. It was the last incident. It was, it was, anything could have happened that week and you are getting impeached. <laughs> well, that was the first time where I think you guys didn't do it, and then there was the second time where you <laughs> You followed through. Um, I also, I mean, just to close the loop here, Zach, I cannot believe, I want to pick up, uh, what is his name? Kenneth Gainwell. So goddamn bad. How can a guy with the last name Gainwell? <laughs> Not be a good running back? Like, it makes no sense. It's like, it's this isn't Wendell Smallwood. No. No, this is <laughs> this is Kenneth Gainwell. The man is built to do one thing. Gainwell. 
<laughs> somehow he cannot do it. Yeah. Um, oh, and actually going back to the last segment. So um, James Conner is the highest projected running back, but Kenneth Gainwell is the highest uh, ranked running back. He's running back 34. Right. Uh, he scored 12 points the first week and seven last week. Uh, 12 points with a touchdown the first week. So that's just like the kind of talent that you're seeing in the running back right now is a guy who scored, you know, 10 and seven points, essentially. <laughs> Which, Zach, let's let's consider for a moment, because obviously I drafted Zach Moss, was mocked for it, and immediately dropped him. Zach Moss managed to score 15 points with two touchdowns. Do you realize how few <laughs> fucking points that is? <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah, he had... And he had two catches for eight yards. Yeah, he had a and fumble. He's, and he's, yeah, he still only scored 15 points. It's insane. Even if you take away the fumble, it's like you scored two touchdowns and you had yeah. 17 points. Essentially, yeah. they were giving him the ball on the half-yard line every time, apparently, for these fucking touchdowns. So I, I immediately was like, fuck, he has 15 points. I fucked up dropping him. And then reverse course and said, "There's unless uh, he's going to finish the season with uh, – 30 touchdowns. I don't think he's going to be a, a good, a good uh, bench guy. Yeah. Oh, also, I, obviously we were playing it during this, but uh, welcome back. Electro spook. Oh yeah. God, it feels so good to be back. It is. I don't know how it is out there. I think Mike mentioned it. It's cold here. It's crazy. It's cold. It's, it's, it's gray. It's, it's definitely like Seattle winter right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's tis the season. Absolutely, for a little, a little spook. And it's getting and it's getting darker. Like last night, I was biking and almost got. You know, I was like, "Oh fuck, sunset." Fifteen minutes. You just had to that. have those two wraps. You had to. It was pretty good, uh, Mike. Have you ever uh, gone to Spice Walla? Walla, W A A L A. Let me know in the comments below. So it's not like Walla. No, it's like an Indian street food. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's not a pun. It's it's a whole other thing. I don't know if it's a pun. I don't know what voila is. It might be a pun, like an Indian pun. I, I'm just thinking like the word like voila, like here. It no, is. no, 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 no. It's not that. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that'd be kind of an. That'd be bad. I still think, but you know, it's better than whatever the fuck voila is. Well, let's not just just say whatever the fuck voila is. It might be something interesting. It could be something interesting. I hope I'm right. Uh, according to Urban Dictionary. W-A-A-L-A. Walla is a rotund man who likes to mosey about in sweatpants sniffing cake at the earliest opportunity. Man who is like koala bear, likes sleep and eating, his favorite activities. All right. So nothing there. Uh, my theory becomes more yeah. and more uh, valid as time goes on. Oh, in India, a walla is a person with a fictional duty. Uh, like a like a baggage walla would be a baggage handler. I don't really understand that. How is that a fictional duty? <laughs> it appears that he has a very real duty. Oh, like baggage walla would be like, I'm the vice baggage handler. Like it's like a bullshit title that you would sure, uh, like jokingly say. Yeah, assistant, yeah, yeah, to, assistant the, to the manager. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, that okay. makes sense. Okay, okay. so spice, eh, okay. We learned uh, something new today on the pod. Did. It, let it never be said... That this podcast does not do anything for its Southeast Asian listeners. That is true. This, we're mo- trying to move into the subcontinent now. That's uh, this is our. <laughs> this represents our official push into the subcontinent of <laughs> India. A lot of people down there. You got to yeah. say. Yeah. 
If you can just get one percent of that market, you're you're in business. That's 130 million people. No, 13 <laughs> million people. It's it's a lot of fucking people. Uh, all right. Well, so let's move from our segments into our predictions. So obviously Chuck isn't here, but I have his picks. He he's entered them in, and Zach is going to be our celebrity guest picker this week. So not only will Chuck and I be competing against each other, but we will be competing against uh, you know a complete novice here and Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going five and zero this week. I'm calling it right now. Well, you would be uh, the first this season because so to cover thus far in the season. Last week I went two and three. Charlie went one and four. Woo! Um, in an absolutely brutal showing. Um, overall standings now. I have dropped back to uh, uh you know, respectable five and five, and Chuck is sitting at three and seven. So he needs a big week. Uh, you know, if he's going to want to get back around, um, he needs five and oh, if he wants to get back over 500, don't think he's getting it, but you know what? Um, let's see what he's got. So, um, you know what? We're going to, I don't know if Chuck has put these in the appropriate order. Let's see. What's our, all right. I think I know, I think I know what our marquee matchup is going to be. So I'm going to do that myself. Oh, I think we know. All right. So we're going to start off with uh, Mike at Alex. Um, so I can read through Charlie's first. So Charlie's going to take Alex, uh, and he says almost entirely because the Seahawks are playing the Vikings defense. So uh, short and sweet there. Um, so Mike has got – Mike has some really bad defenses listed here. Yeah. Mike's teams are going up against Philly. Uh the Seahawks are okay. The Bucks are pretty good against the run. Philly again. Um, Atlanta, Green Bay, New York. And, uh, yeah, defensive kicker don't matter. Uh, Alex is looking at... Yeah, uh, he, 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 now, there is something to be said for the fact that the Vikings cannot stop anyone. Um, Aaron Jones is going up against the Niners, which should be a more difficult matchup for him. They're 30th uh, ranked team, though. They are 30th, but I mean, they have a defense. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Mark Andrews needs to show up eventually here for Alex. Um, actually, the real thing here is that George Kittle has just been a non-factor for Mike thus far in the season. Um, and if that continues to be the case, especially against a kind of not that great Green Bay defense, uh, I just don't see how Mike pulls this one out. Um, I don't think it's a blowout just because Mike has so many soft matchups, but I do think that Alex takes this one. Zach, what do you got? Yeah, I think uh, well, I think I'm gonna go with Alex. Uh, you know, Mike just has question marks. Both of his running backs are questionable, and especially Dalvin Cook. Like the biggest thing that's going for Mike is he's got Dalvin Cook, who's playing the 32nd run ranked defense of the yeah. Seahawks, um, but he's also questionable. Um, Alex has really good matchups. Russell Wilson facing Minnesota. 29th against the pass. Aaron Jones facing San Francisco is 30th against the pass. Even Terry McLaurin is facing Buffalo, who's ranked ninth against receivers, but that's because last week they played a team without a quarterback. Yeah. Um, and the week before they got they got beat pretty bad by or not beat pretty bad, but they had they gave up plenty of yards and points to the Steelers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Alex will take this one. Um, it's right now it's projected 128, 128. Um, I just don't see where Mike's points come from unless George Kittle returns to his former glory. Um, 
like, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Alex in this one, and I think we'll win pretty convincingly. All right, it's a clean sweep for old Alok. Uh, next up, we're gonna move to uh, Gary at Ben. Uh, a real prove it game for Ben here, coming off of his first win of the season, and he runs straight into the wood chipper that is Gary's team right now. Um, you got, I mean, Lamar. Lamar is going up against Detroit. Uh, Devontae Adams against San Francisco, as we said, hasn't had a good defense. Uh, aren't great against the pass. They get a good pass rush, obviously, but, you know, not a lot there. Amari Cooper against the absolute dog shit Eagles. Uh, the Browns, I think, are going to stomp the Bears. And then you got Ben. Kamara is going up against New England. Uh, you got... Keenan Allen is going up against Kansas City, so there could be points there. Uh, mm. Same thing can be said for T. Higgins. Uh, and, I mean, to Chuck's point earlier, D.K. Metcalf is going up against the Minnesota Vikings uh, secondary, which cannot stop anyone. So, um, I think that this is a closer one than it looks on paper. You know what? No. I'm picking Ben here. I'm picking Ben in an absolute upset. Uh, wow. Ben... Tops Gary in a nail biter. Uh, and then uh, let me uh, read out Chuck's here. So Gary versus Ben. Gary's team, these, these are Chuck's words. Gary's team has a lot of actually good players on it. I can't say for sure if it will be Derrick Henry again, but Gary has roughly five potential semi-trucks on his team. Each of them poised to crash the gate to a 98 <laughs> on any given Sunday. <laughs> so uh, Charlie takes Gary. Um, Zach, who do you got? This is really tough. I, I want to go with Ben right. um, because I think he's got the matchups and I think his team has underperformed so far this year. Um, like DK Metcalf has not had a good season um, so far. Like or not what he's lived up to. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah, I want to go with Ben and Gary and, and Gary has some tough matchups like Henry against the Colts. He's not going to get 47 against the Colts. He's going to get like no. 15. Um, Kareem Hunt against Chicago. Kareem's not going to get a lot of points against Chicago. Um, it's a tough matchup. I really do want to go with Ben, but I think I have to. Ah, it's so tough. Whoa. I think I have to. I think I got to go with Ben. I'm going with Ben. Ben, we have ben. two Let's for Ben. ben. <laughs> Let's go, Ben. We have two for Ben and one for Gary, and a truly, if anything could possibly guarantee a Ben loss this week, I think it is probably Ben. All right, Ben, we, I got you. We got this, Ben. Ben, needs a, ben needs a win. Ben does need a win. That I ben, have to ben assume, been... if Ben wins this week, I have to assume that would be like the first time that he has had a winning record in a very long time in this league. Yeah. Ben and I have been texting a lot this week about uh, hinge strategies and stuff. <laughs> Ben Ben needs W. That's all I'll say. All right, Ben. Just ignoring. I don't need any of my hinge expertise. Apparently, God. Oh. <laughs> Fuck you. How many How many pasta dates have you done, John? Uh, I do. I I am known for making my bed pretty periodically. <laughs> uh, all right. Next matchup, we're gonna move to um the last of the one and ones here. Uh, we're gonna go Paul versus Charlie. Do, 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 do. All right. Oh boy. A lot of this is gonna come down to, 
I, I don't like Mike Evans against the Rams. Obviously, Saquon against Atlanta, that's like a cupcake matchup if Saquon is healthy. He's had a long week, uh, so, you know, there's a chance. Uh, can Marvin Jones Jr. break out and actually be, like, the number one uh, receiver in Jacksonville consistently? He has been thus far, so, you know, there's a good chance. Uh, Mahomes and Kelsey are going up against the Chargers, uh, who have – a Decent defense, pretty solid. Uh, and Miles Sanders just hasn't really looked that good. Um, so it's going to be kind of int- – I mean, you know, he should play well. Will he? I don't know. Uh, and then you look at the other side, uh, Chuck's team sucks. Not really. Chase Edmonds is going up against Jacksonville, so maybe he can actually start scoring points. I- again, I believe that Nick Chubb is going to have quite a few yards against the uh, the Bears. Uh Thielen's going up against the old the old Seahawks, who have a pretty solid defense. Woods against Tampa. I, yeah, I don't like Charlie's matchups here. There's a lot of very solid defenses through here, so I'm going to take Paul. Um, and then uh, on Charlie's pick, I mean, obviously, this is easy. Chuck wrote, and I quote, obviously I'm taking myself. <laughs> so uh, there you have it. Uh, Zach, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to take Paul. Um, I think – the worst thing to happen to Paul would be Saquon Barkley playing and not being 100%. Like, that's the only way he's going to lose, is if Saquon plays and scores, like, four points because he's only in half the time. If Saquon's out and he can put in uh, Tyson Williams or Tyson Williams, um, or he could put Miles Sanders and put a right receiver at his flex, I think Paul wins. But, yeah, the only thing I think that stops Paul from winning is Saquon coming in and either getting hurt or, like, playing, like, half the game. Like, he kind of has been the last couple of weeks. I guess he played pretty much a full game. Uh, last against Washington, but um, he did. And the nice thing is they played Thursday last week. So he's had a long week to get ready. So in theory, if there was going to be a game where he was going to make a full strength comeback, Mm -hmm. it would be this game. It's just a matter of if he's healthy enough to actually do it. That I cannot say. Uh, Yeah. All right. Yeah. I was just going to lock in my Paul answer. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Charlie's ass kick this week. it's two Pauls and one Charlie, but that Charlie came from Charlie, so it doesn't really count. Uh, yeah. All right, the penultimate matchup. Uh, we got Colin and the injured reserve versus Brian and Bear territory. Uh, the battle to avoid going 0-3. Uh, obviously, we've done a lot of discussing about uh, 0-2 teams this far. Um, obviously, going 0-2 and getting the good waiver priority is one thing. Eventually, you do have to start winning the games. Uh, yeah. And you'd prefer to not start it after going 0-3. So this is a big game for both of these teams. Um, can Stephon Diggs start playing good again? Big question. Going up against the football team who uh, last week kind of got shredded by the not very good New York football giants. So I feel like there's a good chance of this. Uh, Waller against Miami's great. Um, I... Don't really like Damian Harris. Zeke's going up against Philly. Easy matchup, but, uh, you know, will he get enough touches? Probably not, uh, given how the, how this uh, season's gone thus far. Herbert's going to have to sling if they want to stay in that game. On the opposite side, Brian does have Josh Allen, so there's going to be an interesting combo there that uh, is going to nullify, even if Diggs does have a big day, Brian's going to eat into that score. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
You got Gibson's going up against Buffalo. Uh, Brian does not have a defense in, but who cares? Higby's going up against Tampa Bay. Lockett will be going up against Minnesota and has looked like the clear-cut wide receiver one. Uh, Tyree Kill's playing pretty well. This is tough. I'm going to go... I'm going with Brian uh, purely because Collins running backs have done nothing to prove to me that they can win him a game. Uh, And then Charlie's pick, uh, Collins versus Brian. Give me Brian... Or sorry, geez, no, that that would be wrong. Give me Colin. Everything I said about Brian's team post draft has been correct. I expect this pick to be no different. Okay, so there you have it. Zach, who are you taking? Uh, yeah, this is a tough one. Um, you know, despite what I've said about Herbert in the wire, I think this is a week where he can score a lot of points because they have to throw a ton. Um, yeah, but he, you know, he's only averaging like fourteen points a game. He does not look good this season. Um, and but. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, like Josh Allen um, does not look great either, um, and anything that he, Josh Allen can do is going like you said, like you said to cut into um, Stephon Diggs. Um, you know, I like uh, Collins' wide receiver matchups. Um, you know, I like the Waller matchup. Zeke's hit or miss all the time. I just think Brian has too tough of matchups. I'll, I'm interested to see what uh, the Chargers do against Tyreek if they play the Ravens strategy and just like super cover him and just mm-hmm. try to outscore the rest of the team. Um, because the Ravens could do that because they can keep up, but other teams can't keep up. So they kind of have to cover everybody. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to have to go with Colin uh, this week just because of the matchups purely. All right. So there you go. Uh, and now that takes us to our marquee matchup of the week. Uh, it couldn't be anything else. Zach, it's, it's the you and me game. No. Uh, to get this out of the way, so Charlie's pick is, uh, I actually think I've worked myself into a no-lose situation with this game. I put both of your teams on fraud watch post-draft, and after week one, one of you has to lose this game. Uh, and thus, I get to keep my fraud narrative going. I honestly do think John's team is being held together by rubber bands and bubblegum, so I'll ride with the lightning storm this week. And we had a discussion about this. It's unclear who the lightning storm is. <laughs> I mean, through context, it's me, but how is it either of us? It's really... I don't think either of us have any Chargers players, if that's what he was going for. It has um, to be a thing where weather is in your name, and thus lightning storm is... The important thing here, folks, is that whoever loses this week, we will be po- retroactively assigning Charlie that team. Yeah, uh, Charlie technically, yeah. Specify. Ambiguous pick. <laughs> he, he came... Really not even that close to specifying who he was picking. But I guess for now, for now, we're going to say that he picked you. Yeah, um, I mean, he could be saying your team is currently being held together by rubber bands and bubblegum, so I'll pick John's team. Because it's, it's, it's still held together. It's still held together. Now, if he said it, it was held together and is now falling apart. It's you know, true. But, it's, yeah. a, it's an electric experience picking my team because you have no it idea is. when it's going to fall apart. Um. This is, I think that this game is going to be exactly as close as the projections say that it will. Yeah. We both have some not good defenses. I'll, admittedly, uh, we have a couple tougher ones. Uh, we each have a line going up against Baltimore. You have Cup against Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay can't really cover the pass. Uh, I have James White against New Orleans. New Orleans isn't great at everything, but they can stop the run. 
Uh, we'll see if that translates to what James White does, which is truly not running. It's more it, – it is it is a, a short receiving role. Um, Allen Robinson against Cleveland, I, that's going to be kind of tough just with Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward, not yet hurt. It's coming. It's we all – so we all know it's coming, but he's not yet hurt. But I think the thing that's going to carry me this week, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins against the Jaguars. That sounds really good on paper, but they're going to be winning by 40 at like halftime. Then they're going to stop yeah. throwing the ball, which is my concern. Uh, fuck. I actually don't really like my picks. This, I'm emotionally hedging. I'm picking you, Zach. What? Yep. Oh, no. I was going to pick you, but now I feel like I shouldn't do that. <laughs> you can. No one's stopping you. I legitimately, this. I hadn't really thought about it, but there are a lot of chances for me to fuck this up for myself. Yeah, the, the thing that I see is, so I'm concerned about Jonathan Taylor. Um, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, I think everything else is fine on my team. To makes sense, I had a bad week, but it's fine. Um, He's going up against the, uh, the Steelers. It's going to get the Steelers, which is a tough defense. Um, but, I mean, he's he's logging the carries. Jonathan Taylor's getting a little bit of carries taken away from him. Um, Christian McCaffrey projected for 26, and Ky- Kyler projected for 25. Like, yeah, they have scored that much, but that's just those are just crazy projection numbers. Um, you can write Christian McCaffrey for 25 uh, in pen and then write over it with three other pens. It's He just does it. I don't know how he keeps doing it, but he does it. Yeah. Um, they are facing Houston, so he's going to get a lot of touches because he's going to be running the ball at the end of the game. Um, I think I'm, I think I have to go with you, John. Wow. Yeah, I think I'm going with John. The only thing I don't like on John's team is James White. Um, we're both that, emotionally hedging. Yeah. If Andrew Hopkins is out, then I'll pick me, but yeah. I have to go with you. He's not. Oh, he is questionable. Eh, he'll be fine. He's just going to be the new Julio Jones, where he's questionable at all times, but just winds up. Actually, actually, I'm going to go with the lightning storm this week. Um, <laughs> keep it up in the air. Yeah, whatever that means, whatever it means to you, that's what that's what Zach is picking. Yeah, this is a choose your own adventure. <laughs> you know what? That's three. I'm taking the lightning storm too. Make it a three peat for the lightning storm. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, Love those guys. Maybe he means lightning doesn't strike twice, but it no. but it has because all of no. us, we both won twice. So can it strike three times? I just don't know. I think you're looking way too far into it. I, I disagree. Think, <laughs> I think he was literally just trying to call one of us an electric factory, but like he just. No, no. I'm telling you it's because your last name is Weatherly. And but he's, he's never like, done anything like that. Weather, thunder, lightning. Lightning storm. You didn't have to go through thunder. You could just go I weather. No, I wanted thunder. <laughs> I wanted thunder. All right. Uh, okay, hang on. A quick recap before we finish this up. So Chuck took himself, Alex, Colin, the lightning storm, <laughs> and Gary. Uh, I took Alex, Ben, Paul, Brian, and Zach. Zach took Alex, Ben, Paul, Colin, and me. Um, and, uh, who the fuck knows? We'll, we'll have to revisit this next week to see exactly, uh, what came of everything. And to really have Charlie, Charlie better be available next week. Cause I want a full scale explanation on what the lightning storm is. 
Yeah. If I go five and zero, I'm I'm coming back on the pod next week to make picks again. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. You know what? We can issue a standing challenge now. Any guest picker who goes five and zero is invited back the next week to at least submit. You don't have to be on the episode if like, yeah. you're busy, but like you can at least submit your picks, and we will like do them on the air. All um, right. I'll be back next week then. <laughs> Okay, well, this was good. Um, Zach, we did not hit your two-hour guess. We are at 107 at the moment. Uh, I so can keep talking about the war if you want to <laughs> If you want to fill the next 23 Do minutes. I got a lot of content. the entirety of your, uh, your white sheet or whatever, your white paper? So there comes a time in every man's life when he must make <laughs> a difficult decision. Um, no, I'm good. Okay, good. Uh, do you have anything else to, to share with the, the folks back home? Uh, no, just, uh, just, uh, you know, fuck all you guys. I'm two and oh, everyone said that my team sucked. Uh, and, uh, I'll say it. My team's decent. Uh, I don't know if they're as good as being two and oh, but they're not the worst team in the league. So, um, yeah, take that. <laughs> I, you did, you are going to single-handedly really fuck up me and Charlie's draft scores next year as Charlie gave oh, yeah. you an F and I gave you a D plus. Well, hopefully, hopefully if I can continue, that's my goal is to, for when, when Colin or I or whoever sends out the, uh, the draft grade recap of the year before, I want that. I want those points to just add up for me. <laughs> You're going to just drag us down by a whole standard deviation. Uh, by the way, I really like, I just thought of it. Um, I have asked at the end of every single episode, either the guest or Charlie or usually both, uh, they have any other uh, things to say to uh, the people at home. Not once has anyone ever like thought about it in more than the three seconds that it takes me to say that phrase. No one has ever, no one has ever been like, you know, let me, let me think of a funny like thing to do. like, no, it has always been like, Oh shit. John's asking me to say something. Hey, I got shit to say. I, I, that's, no one has ever accused our group of friends of being, um, lacking words, uh, lacking volume, lacking really in anything verbally besides grammar, potentially, uh, in Alex's case. Um, all right. Well, Zach, thank you for being on. Uh, this was a good time for having me. Yeah. Um, yeah, we will, uh, almost certainly have you back on, uh, whether you go five and oh or not, just due to the fact that, uh, Charlie, is going to have to miss several weeks uh, this year, uh, it looks like. And, um, I mean, I would be very happy if we got all of the owners to do a week. Like, I think that, that would be yeah. really fun. But the odds of that happening uh, appropriately are slim. So we'll probably have you back. Uh, and if this is your audition, you did you did great, champ. You did great. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll okay. come back for a full pod or for maybe a, a wire segment. Well, we probably won't have any more wire segments. Or will we? <laughs> That's the thing about no, the wire. Really. You never know when it's going to pop back up. Once you decide... I think it's been that, over a year since the last time that we did it. Well, the last one was the bootleg pod, if I remember correct. Or no. No, I didn't yeah, do it. Yeah, I think it was. Pod. Didn't you? I don't think so. I feel like you... Uh, maybe not. I don't um, know. The bootleg pod's gone, so we don't know. <laughs> it is I, think I, did, I didn't do it at all last year, I don't think. You may not have. Well, because I remember the t- two years ago was the time that you did it when I was impeached and you did it on a speakerphone into the microphone with Brian. Yeah. I mean, two years ago, I did it like every week. 
yes. and the year before that, I did it like every week. Because uh, then, like, and then two years ago, I like I stopped halfway through the season, and then I don't yeah. think I did it at all last year. You may not have done it. Maybe but once. This is, yeah. This is the thing about the wire. Um, just when you think that the wire is gone from your life, that is when it is most likely to pop back up into. That it. is true. And I'm actually watching The Wire on TV right on HBO right now, so it's very topical. There you go. R.I.P. Um, Omar. Uh, what's his name? Oh, thanks, John. What? I'm watching the show. No, like oh, the actor oh, died. Oh, okay. Now. I was gonna say, what a <laughs> dick move. Jesus Christ. Is that uh, in real life the guy died? <laughs> like Mike Michael Williams or whatever his name. Yes, was? Michael K. Yeah. Williams. Omar Little is the actor. Or the, yes. the character's name. All right. Um, okay. Well, check back here next week for a new pod, uh, be it with Charlie or a new fresh face, uh, and maybe Zach if he does well enough. Um, but until then, peace. Whoop.
taking his hand.